sometimes what we need is an unconventional guide. When the paths we have taken leave us less than satisfied, we need to be led to a place of finding a new path, finding peace, finding the life that is worth living, finding spirit. Welcome to Finding Spirit, Episode 1. In these little God's Love Club podcasts, what we want to do is introduce you to a wonderful new little devotional book series that is available on Amazon that we think will help encourage you and guide you to draw near to God in a way that maybe you haven't done before. Currently, there are three books available in the Finding Spirit series. The first one that we're going to talk about today is called Belief, and it really touches on some important aspects on how to find God, how to find His Spirit, how to increase our faith. The primary way to find God is through our faith. And this first book is about belief. What is belief? What is faith? I really appreciate Christy publishing these booklets. I think that they have the potential to help many find spirit. You know, Christians, they speak Christianese. You know, they have a very specialized vocabulary like uh, we're pressing in or <laughs> we're walking by faith and things like that. And it it's difficult to understand what people are thinking sometimes. And you need to find God for yourself. You need to have your own experiences in the Spirit. You need to experience the Spirit of God for yourself in your own way so that you can understand how God relates to you. We can't force God into a box. There's no box big enough for God. What we need to do is just meet the reality of God and then figure out from our personal experiences what God is about and come to know him through actually meeting him, mm-hmm. like any other person you meet <laughs> on earth. Exactly. There's someone that we're interested in knowing. We don't just learn about them secondhand or thirdhand. We want to know the person personally, experience them. This first book of belief has a lot of really great little treasures in it about what faith is and what faith isn't. One of my favorite ones is chapter 14 that talks about the substance of faith. This little section says that the substance of faith is action or inaction. And one of the examples that's given is when Jesus was called to come and see Lazarus when he was sick. Jesus' faith is marked by the fact that he didn't do anything. when he was asked to come and heal Lazarus. And even his disciples said, we should go. And he said, no, we need to wait. So it's his inaction demonstrated his faith. So often we think that faith means getting up and doing something. And sometimes it does. But sometimes what God wants us to do is nothing. Because there are so many things that are involved in what goes on in the world beyond what we do. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit. I want to read something in here that I think is really good. It took great faith on the part of Jesus to not act to prevent Lazarus' death because he knew he could. Sometimes the substance of faith is not to do what our natural minds want to do. Not doing what people expect of you is perhaps one of the most difficult forms of substantive faith. You love people so much you want to meet their expectations and relieve their suffering. However, until the Spirit allows you to act, you must not act or the objectives of God may be derailed. People not understanding what God is doing may even ridicule you for not acting as expected. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus didn't go to Lazarus at the time that everybody thought. He had healed people all over the place, and they thought for sure he would come and heal his friend. But he didn't, and he was subject to a lot of ridicule. 
Yeah, the whole point is that you get to know God yourself. You can't be part of just a cookie-cutter religion because, frankly, nobody really has it correct. Now, I do believe that everybody needs to know Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. That's basic. Christ himself said that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But even the people that tell you to be born again, they don't really understand what it means. Yeah. Being born again means you're born once into this world. But God speaks of another world, the new heavens and new earth, and you need to be born again into that world. How do you do that? Well, you get saved, and then on the last day, Christ resurrects you, your bodies change, and you're born into the new creation mm. of God. Mm-hmm. That's what it really means. But nobody really preaches that. So how did I find that out if nobody really preaches it? Well, God just told me. And that's what God can do for you too. You know, a book like Finding Spirit is a springboard to personal experience. It is a jumping off point to you exploring your faith Mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go to a catechism. You don't have to go to a seminary. You don't have to have somebody tell you what God is because you can experience God for yourself. He's there listening to you if you ask a question. You know, he may not always tell you what you expect he's going to say, but what you do is you consider it and you turn it over in your hands, you look at it, and you consider if those things could possibly be like that. And the nice thing about that is when you come to a conclusion in God based on personal experience, it's solid. I know God is like this because I met him and he's like that. Right. Your faith is based on experience, not just on somebody's word or somebody else's experience. It's based on what you know personally. That's right. And it's again, that personal connection with God that we need and that we're going for. What I really like about these Finding Spirit collections is that they don't use a lot of Christianese. It doesn't tell you the things that you're used to hearing in a church experience. And they don't claim to have all the answers. What we need to do as believers is encourage people to connect to God. And these are good little books to study, to, like you say, be a springboard to connect you to God by putting ideas and thoughts before you that you can consider. Like you said, turn over in your hands and say, hmm, I wonder if this is the case. Because a lot of times we just need to go outside of what we know in order to really find the God that we're really seeking. Too many times we're tripped up by the things that we run into in normative Christianity that can really be obstacles to people's faith. Because faith is based on our relationship with God, and it has to be personal. Yeah, it's a personal belief. It's a personal God. It's a personal relationship. You can't get God secondhand. You have to go to the source and meet him for yourself. When you follow God and you know that he's a certain way through personal experience, then he can build upon that and reveal or show you more of who he is. You know, I went to Bible college for like five years. I devoured everything they taught me. And I thought that was the way for me to know God. But at the end of that process, I felt like I was backsliding. Hmm. And that's another one of those Christian terms, yeah. you know, backsliding, <laughs> which basically means I was losing my religion. I was losing my faith. And I couldn't understand because I knew all the stuff that they were teaching me. And I believed it all. And I tried to practice it, but it wasn't working. It was just horrible. But I knew about God. I didn't know God himself. Mm, That's a good point. Information is not a person. Information is just facts about a person. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, information can be wrong. 
And so it takes personal experience with God to know if the information you have been fed is correct. Exactly. You know, you can be told a lot about Paris, but until you go to Paris, you're not going to verify whether that's wrong or true. And what I found out to my chagrin <laughs> is that a lot of what I'd been taught was just completely off. And I could not believe it at first. I thought, well, they were so sure and they were so mature and I had bought it all. And I found out God was not anywhere near as worried about sin as they were. He was not anywhere near me being totally correct in everything I believed as they were. In fact, about the only thing God wanted me to do is exactly what he wanted me to do at the moment he said it. He didn't care whether I understood it. He didn't care whether I could prove it with two or three scriptures. He just wanted me to follow his voice at the moment he said it and do it. And that was pretty much it. And I just wasted five years of my life <laughs> at Bible College trying to learn everything about God. And I forgot the most important centerpiece of being with God. Being with God, yeah. That's the key, being with God and sitting with Him and resting in Him and experiencing Him. We tend to think our Christianity is always about doing. I need to read so many chapters of the Bible. I need to pay my tithes. I need to feed the poor. I need to do all these things. But what God wants us to do is really just rest in Him. And as we rest in Him, that's when we can really come to know Him and have the experience of Him. Yeah. In fact, in this Finding Spirit book, Chapter 12 talks about that, and I want to read one of these paragraphs. It says, Waiting on the Spirit, if done properly, allows us to rest in Him. Control over our lives is mostly an illusion. In reality, there are so many things that can and sometimes do go wrong that we must simply go with the flow, taking life as it comes. Unless God is with us, we cannot manage what comes at us. It is like floating down a large, swift river. There is not much you can do but stay afloat. However, since God created the river, the river is subject to him, and he directs it as he wills. Therefore, as we float, we pray and trust that our Father has the currents of our existence in his hands, and we rest. When we're waiting on God, it exercises our faith. Waiting on God also shows that we believe the Spirit has the ability to do what he says. Also, waiting takes the control out of our hands and puts it in the hands of someone who can truly do something about our circumstances. What a beautiful place to live to be able to just float down the river, to go with the flow, to accept what is happening in the present moment as ordained by God, praying for wisdom to know if we need to do something to change the circumstances and the things around us, otherwise just resting and waiting. What a great way to strengthen our faith, to just listen and go with the flow. Exactly, and I remember I was working at the lunchroom in the junior high that I went to, and I was a young kid, and I wanted an ice cream cone. And I went and I bought myself an ice cream cone. I'm sitting there getting it out of the machine. And this other kid who had a deformed hand, and he wasn't the most popular kid at school, says, wow, I wish I had an ice cream cone. And I just felt to hand him my ice cream cone. Hmm. It's not like you smacked the kid. He could not <laughs> believe that anybody just did that for him. It was a small kindness at the right moment. I bet that kid never forgot that. Mm -hmm. You know, he was my best buddy for years. <laughs> you know, it's not how much you do, it's the quality of what you've done. Exactly, the quality. Doing it when God asks you to do it, it doesn't matter how big or small it is. You can go somewhere and try to split the sea, but if God's not in that, it's not going to be powerful. But doing a little gesture, something like giving your ice cream cone to another kid, is something that God can flow through. 
And how are we going to know that? How are we going to know exactly what God wants us to do? We have to go by faith based on a relationship with God. That's the kind of life we need to live. It's just allowing ourselves to connect with God, have the faith to move and do exactly what he says to do when he says to do it. But that's what we mean about finding spirit. You know, I was sitting in my home over in Nakuru. I was visiting there and I got this incredible goading that I needed to get up and go down to a pastor's house. And it was way down in the slums and it was like a mile or two walk and I just didn't want to do it. I was sitting there and God was goading me and I was saying, uh, maybe tomorrow. And finally, I just got up and said, okay, I'm going. And so I walked down there and I knocked on the door and nobody answered. Fine. I went all the way down here and nobody's there. And then all of a sudden, his oldest daughter opened the door. And I said, are your mom and dad home? He says, no. I looked at her and she looked kind of weird. And I, I thought, what's going on here? And so I said, is it okay if I come in? I was friend with their family. They knew who I was. And she let me in and I went there and everything was dark, middle of the day, shades were drawn, her and all the kids were there. And I looked in and they were just sitting there really quiet. And I said, how are you? She says, okay. And I said, have you eaten? No. For how long? Two days. Mm. Okay. And so I took the girl and I went to the shop and I bought her food, but I'm oiling flour and whatever else they needed mm. so they can go and make themselves, you know, some cooking stuff. And it turns out that their mother and father were on a mission trip somewhere and had been delayed. And they had went there by faith, not really having the money to do it, obviously, because they didn't leave enough money for the kids. And God told me to go there. And they ate that day because, you know, and I don't even know when they got home. I left them enough there for two or three days, you know. And I said, you know, if there's anything else, you come and get a hold of me. That's finding spirit. Yeah. I will never forget that. What that told me is that I needed to hear God. Because if I wouldn't have heard God, if I would have just been lazy and sat there in my chair, they would have been hungry for Mm, another day or two. Exactly. And it's a cool thing that I helped feed them, but it's a cooler thing that I know that God told me to go and do it. Exactly. And don't we all want to live like that? Don't we all want to be in a place where we can find the Spirit and we can know what He wants to do with us and for us and through us? Don't we want to have an experience of really knowing Him? And don't we want to just get past all of the the guilt and the shame and the obstacles and the huge to-do list that we think we have to get past in order to meet Him? Knowing Him is a walk of faith, but it doesn't take huge faith. It just takes small little steps of faith. And as you believe and as you draw near to him with that faith and that belief, you find him. And there's nothing greater. That's a very good point. You know, it's not this gigantic split the Red Sea faith that you all have to have. That happens occasionally. But it's the small day-to-day faith that changes your life and other people's lives around you. That is the, the nuts and bolts of what God's doing on the earth today. If a person is just feeling crappy about themselves... And you go give them a hug and say, you know, I really think you can do whatever you got to do. Out of the blue. Yeah. And that person just was saying, I don't know where God is. And they feel God in you, hugging them. It may change their total expectations right. and thinking, you know. Yeah, we're lied to that we have to be somebody to do God's will. We don't. It's God who does the thing through us. Mm. He does the heavy lifting. All we do is provide him a vessel, Christianese, a body (laughs) to go and do it with. 
those are the things that finding spirit can be like. You know, you can do things that change literally the course of somebody's life by just being sensitive to his spirit and knowing the voice of God. Exactly. And you need to have that close connection with God in order to be available to do things like that. And you need to have your your mindset on being unconventional. If he tells you to put your arm around someone in a way that you think is kind of inappropriate or they may turn around and slap you for, but you know it's God, you've got to be willing to do it. Those are the things that change people's lives. Those are the things that change your lives. That kind of faith to do what the Spirit is leading you to do. It makes life exciting and it's a really cool thing to know that God uses us and flows through us to touch the lives of other people. Yeah, and you can't always be judging your own effectiveness and Mm -hmm. thinking how you look. You know, it really doesn't matter how you look. It matters what you do when God asks you to do something. You know, finding spirit is a lot easier when people tell you where to find spirit. That's right. You can go and prospect for gold yourself and you'll eventually find something. But if somebody's been a prospector for a while says, you know, go over to that gulch because I've been there and I really think you'll strike it rich there, your chances immediately skyrocket. And that's what these little devotional books are about. They're about someone who has gone forward into that territory in an unconventional way to find amazing things in God because they're willing to listen and find the Spirit in a very real way. They're willing to experience God in ways that maybe nobody has before and certainly they have never before. And it's a signpost. It's a direction to show you go this way and you will find the Spirit and you will find what you need to change your life and the lives around you. I'm glad that I can find the Spirit if I'll just listen to Mm -hmm. him and say, what? Why not? When we stretch our faith muscle, when we reach out and believe to find spirit, there are amazing things ahead of us. And we just want to encourage you, you can find these little books on Amazon. They're called Finding Spirit, An Unconventional Guide. The author is Justin Monganell. And see if maybe it can help be a springboard to get you where you need to be to connect with God and just draw near into everything that he has for you. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on Finding Spirit.